Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I appreciate the irony of the hot-blooded. <laughs> Hadn't even thought about it that way, but yeah, you're right. We're going to try and make it a little warmer in here somehow. <laughs> um, so they still have not fixed. Welcome back from the uh, Christmas holiday all. Um, they still have not fixed oh, anything. No, no, it's uh, it's it's pretty chilly in here. It's 59 degrees right now in studio, whatever this is. Studio one. It used so. to have a number. It used to have an yeah, actual. Really? It used to be called a thing. Oh, we should call it that again. Whatever it, it was. wasn't. It's not a number that would make sense to anybody, though. <laughs> like it was just something that we all knew. I dare ask this. But they're working on it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're waiting for a part still, apparently. So, okay. yeah, something's going on. It just hasn't happened yet. It's just not a good time to be waiting for a part. I was informed um, when I was gone over the weekend that the water heater in my building went out. Oh, that's fun. Which makes me not in as much of a hurry to get back there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were hoping this morning, you know, two days after Christmas that it would be in. So. Yeah, not to mention, I mean, the roads aren't fantastic. They're not yeah. terrible, but use caution. Turn your headlights on, do all the things you're supposed to do. The winter weather warning that we got yesterday turned into about, I don't know, maybe a quarter inch of snow that's only sticking on the grass. We're not making fun of meteorologists. Here. No, no, but they I mean, do their best. That was the National Weather Service that did the yes. we- the weather advisory. The meteorologists in town, they all got it right. They were like, "Yeah, we'll get like a dusting of snow," and they were accurate. So it's still a little chilly. It was enough that, um, as I was just kind of glancing at Twitter the last couple of days, just to see if you're not familiar with the ge- geography of Kansas and how once you get like two hours west of us, I seventy just has to shut down. I mean, it's it's a yeah. whole it's Colorado once you get out west that direction in Kansas. It feels that way. It's the same weather. And so I saw that and thought, is there a blizzard happening? And and it was just out west that direction. Yeah. It's just, it it doesn't take much. No. Uh, So welcome in, everybody. Again, use your headlights. We'll remind you of that again today. Um, Are we over the Chiefs loss? Oh, yeah, we good. Oh. We all right? No, no. And and boy, I tell you what, there are questions being asked at the highest levels right now about what is going to happen here. I mean, the number of news stories about what's happening with the Chiefs' offense. That, that I mean, we haven't asked a question like that in five years. That's scary. Uh, you know, people say, oh, we'll see Tyree Kill left and everything went to hell. No, Tyree Kill left and they won the Super Bowl. So I was just going to say, let's remember that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Keep that we one did in just mind. Fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, it, they looked bad. And I mean, I'm not just talking about the two plays that led to the 14 points for the Raiders in seven seconds. So the, the one fumble and then the interception for a touchdown. Those were bad, but they were symptomatic of what was happening all game long. Patrick had no protection at all. And, of course, we, we were all making the joke about, you know, he's going to take those golf carts back because the line <laughs> simply wasn't protecting him. And then uh-huh. Romo said it on TV. And I was like, oh, co- yeah, steal my joke. That's fine. But, um, yeah, it, it just – they – any team can have an off day. Patrick didn't look great. Kelsey didn't look great. Dropped a pass that hit him in the hands. It just – the the entire team looked like they were about a step behind. 
two games left of the regular yep. season. Is that right? Um, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve day. So yes, that'll be fun. I think it's like a three twenty five start on New Year's Eve day, and then one more after that. Um, I made my family turn off Home Alone so that I could watch the Chiefs game from <laughs> Illinois. Yeah. Uh, on Christmas Day, I walked in and nobody else cared, the Bears fans uh, living near Chicago, and it was painful. And I was being, I wasn't being made fun of a little bit, but I think it's fun to pick on the Chiefs sometimes. When when the team on top isn't doing great, it's it's easy to pick on them. And yeah. I'm like, hey, wait a minute, Bears fans. Chill out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's take a look at Chicago's record this year and, yeah. and see if we can compare a couple of things. But yeah, I, I mean, can they write the ship? Of course they can. They've got some of the most talented players in football on this roster and the defense did not play badly. I mean, those two touchdowns that the Chiefs gave away on offense were the only two touchdowns the Raiders scored all day. So you had a defense that was playing excellent football and the offense just sputtered and it cost them the game. If you have, I, I dare ask this, but we haven't been on the air for a few days. 913-586-7798. If you uh, have thoughts, Colin, you're pulling a mic up. If you'd like to jump in. Field. No, okay, I'm just, just getting, stuff settled. getting settled in. So okay. many things are like off in my studio. Something was wrong with one of the computers. One of the clocks is off. Jay like messed with my monitor a little bit. One of the clocks uh. is off? Yeah, the top clock is about 15 seconds ahead. <laughs> that's, How does that even happen? That's not supposed to be able to happen. Yeah, that's, I have, that's hilarious. So I have three clocks in my studio. Am I Studio 2? If you're, if you're, I guess. Yeah, Studio 1A. One, one, one A. Yeah. Yeah, I got three clocks in here. All of them are saying different times. Wow. That's not supposed to be able to, like, truly, like John said, that's not supposed to be able to have, we're not supposed to be able to change. It's really critical in this business. It should be. <laughs> somebody was making fun of me for this yesterday that when I was a second, kid. Yeah. And somebody would ask me what time it is. I would say, it's not 620, it's 621 that I would give it precisely. Apparently, I did that when I was little, too. Mm -hmm. It needs to be precise. I got my watch, and I always trust the board. The board is always on. The little slider, for those listening, the little slider board that I have, there's a clock on the board. Always trust that. Okay. It's always on. That's the one. So that one now says, what, 18 seconds past, something like that? 10, 10, 19. There you go. 20, okay, good. 21. We're on. <laughs> that is not what my clock says. That's funny. My computer, which is what I use generally, is about 10 seconds off. Why are they not all the same? I, boy, I don't know. Why? Um, I think it has something to do with the, the heater breaking. I well no, but like just, it's not like I go in and change it. No, none of us went in and changed them. And they should, yeah, they they should be all set to the same thing. Um, yeah, our, our engineers back in Florida used to have to call the atomic clock every so often just to make sure that they were dead on accurate. So Colin's getting things straight again. So we'll we'll give you time to get set up here. Um, Merry Christmas, by the way. Late Christmas to my favorite toddler of the weekend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the three-year-old that woke up in the middle of the night and opened all the presents while the family was sleeping. Genius. Yeah. Ge well, Way and, to go, kid. And his excuse when they ask, why did you do all of this? He was just trying to be efficient. You know, he woke up yeah. at 3 o'clock in the morning, and he didn't want anybody to be confused <clears throat> on Christmas morning. So he opened all the presents and then put them in little piles, one for each person, and, and had it all ready for when people woke up and came downstairs at 6 a.m. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, he uh, his parents apparently were awakened by the sound of him calling out for scissors <laughs> because one of his own presents was a toy Spider-Man that was in that bubble packaging that's impossible to open. So, uh -huh. yeah, he was trying to get it out of the packaging, and, and that's when they found out what he had done. Uh, they have two other kids, ages six and one. Mm -hmm. So when they got up, and we have pictures of what the disaster looked like. This kid was apparently getting, there were a lot of presents under this tree. Oh, yeah. 
And the kid did quick work of it before he <laughs> called for the scissors. He did just fine with his with his bare hands tearing stuff apart. Yeah, his answer was he just he didn't want it to be a surprise. He yeah. wanted everyone to know, didn't want anyone to be confused. So they all knew what they had gotten. Yep. And so the parents at this point, the six-year-old and the one-year-old did not wake up. No. So the parents spent the next three hours between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. rewrapping everything so that the six-year-old and the one-year-old could experience Christmas the way it's supposed to be. The gifts had taken hours to wrap. They had just done it the <laughs> night before, they said. So this was a last-minute um, doing anyway. He said they literally, he literally unwrapped everything mm -hmm. from the tiniest eraser to the biggest box. And, uh, it, you know, Jen saw this story yesterday and showed it to me. And we had a very long discussion about which one of our kids this would have been, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, because it's like, you know, one of them would have done that. And each of them have qualities in them that would have been that person, uh, you know, for different reasons. Any of the four of them could have done this exact same same thing. And that's what dad said, too. He said their six year old is very much the rule follower. So there's no way our six year old ever would have done that. Yeah. But the middle child, this three-year-old, is the adventurous, ridiculous, no rules, have fun kind of kid. When they rewrapped everything, they had run out of wrapping paper, by the way. So at three o'clock in the morning, they're having to use the paper that was there. Yeah. They said in the morning, hopefully the three-year-old faked surprise. <laughs> hopefully yeah. we're teaching the three-year-old how to lie and right. fake his reactions. They said they kind of put him in the corner and, and away from everything after everything was rewrapped. So the that, lock on that kid's door. Can you imagine as the six-year-old unwrapping each of his gifts, the three-year-old goes, oh, yeah, that's your whatever, and tells him what it is as he's unwrapping it. I know what that is already. <laughs> Love it. Just keep keep that in mind for in the future. Keep them, again, lock on the door, whatever you got to do. Motion sensors, I think. We've talked about this before, about kids escaping in the middle in the middle of the night. We've never talked about this being a concern. Yep. All right. Uh, speaking of young kids, uh, we have to talk about this six-year-old in Florida. Uh, family, you know, unaccompanied minor, but in the um, protection, allegedly, of Spirit Airlines, was supposed to go from Pennsylvania to Florida. Did not make it exactly where he was supposed to go. Yeah, you know this story a lot better than I do. I just, I'm trying to figure out how any of this happened because, I mean. So, so is the family. Right, so are the family still waiting to figure out how any of this happened. But when, I mean, we've talked before about how this goes on and how many things happen when you hand a child off to an airline. All the paperwork that's got to be done and the badges that they wear. And everybody's supposed to know uh, yeah, I, and, and something went desperately wrong in the middle of all of this, and the kid ended up in the wrong place. He got on the plane in Philadelphia. Uh, he was supposed to go to Fort Myers, Florida. He ended up in Orlando. Yep. Close. Yeah, not terribly not close far away. It's probably about a three-hour drive maybe from Orlando down to Fort Myers. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, not, not close enough. He's not going to walk that. So they say the incident is under investigation. <clears throat> Five days later, Spirit Airlines seems like they're still trying to figure out how it went down. Again, tell us the process. I know we've talked about this before, but especially if you had a kid traveling alone over the holidays just now, what process did you have to go through? Um, we'll go further into this here. Yeah, when we did this, it was always the kids going off to summer camp, and we would take them. We got a special pass so that we could go past security with them. This is even after 2001, so that we could accompany them past airport security to the gate, and we would hand them 
over to uh, a an airline, not a flight attendant, but like an airline representative, like a gate representative, who yeah. would stay with them until they got on the plane. So we would walk them all the way to the gate with the tickets that had the name of the arrival city and all of that. That person would then hand them custody of them over to a flight attendant who would stay with them the entire time and then wait with them or give them over to a gate agent at the at the arriving city so that whoever was going to meet them at the airport could come and get them. There seems to be um, some debate about what grandma was listed as the emergency contact. She's the one that's talking quite a bit. She was the one that was supposed to pick him up in Fort Myers. There seems to be a lot of debate about whether she was contacted ahead of time about the error. She says she showed up at the airport in Fort Myers with a tag. Like she's got the paperwork, her name's listed. She's got the check-in tag she's supposed to have. And her grandson is nowhere to be found. Spirit Airlines says they contacted her. Even if they did, (laughs) that doesn't absolve them of guilt here. They still took that kid to the wrong airport. Uh, We'll take a break here. If you want to get in on uh, what the family's looking at at legal action, if you want to talk about how many zeros belong on this lawsuit because of what could have happened, we can certainly talk about that. 913-586-7798. Back here in just a couple of minutes on KMBZ. Happy Wednesday. Good to be back with you. Talking about the story out of Florida via Philadelphia. Six-year-old kid's supposed to be going from Pennsylvania to Fort Myers to go visit grandma for Christmas. She shows up at the uh, airport there in Fort Myers, sees the plane that her grandson is supposed to be on, lands, waits there. He's not there. She eventually gets a call from him saying, hi, grandma, I'm in Orlando. (laughs) Because Spirit Airlines somehow got him to Florida, just didn't get him to the right place in Florida. Yeah, they got him to Orlando, and so she had a drive. They, they, and this, the, another part of this story that boggles my mind is that she had a drive to Orlando to get him. Did they not have a plane they could put him on and get him to Fort Myers? Hold on. Flights from <laughs> dot com to see what. Yeah, I would imagine there are flights that go pretty frequently between Fort Myers and Orlando. Yeah. And, and in case you're wondering, by the way, uh, they said that uh, they did offer in their all of their magnanimity. They offered to reimburse grandma for the drive. <laughs> wow. Well, that's nice of them. Gee, see, that, that's great. So you'll give her 50 bucks for gas and call it good. Here's what I could see being the problem with the flight. Because if you ever want to know, flightsfrom.com is a website that you can put in any airport code and it'll show you all the flights that leave out of the airport any time of day. The problem is that it's Spirit Airlines. And so I'm looking to see. Yeah, they don't have a full schedule. Yeah, there are a lot of flights that go between Fort Myers and Orlando, not on Spirit Airlines. Yeah, usually in the bigger airlines, they they all partner with that stuff pretty well. If Mm -hmm. they screw up, Delta can call United and say, hey, listen, we screwed up and we got passengers in the wrong place. Do you have a flight that goes there? And I've had them do that before. Uh, you know, where, where somebody missed a connection or something like that, and they'll put you on a different airline, which is weird, but it does happen. Spirit may not have those kinds of relationships. So Spirit Airlines did not address how the mistake happened. <laughs> I bet. They said the child, they basically said, well, it's not like he was just going rogue to Orlando. Like, we had a Spirit Airlines member that was supervising him. Yeah. They said he was under our care. Like, don't worry. We didn't just let him wander the airport and then pick a pick a plane to go jump on. But who, I mean, if that person that was with him the entire way, did they not check the ticket that the kid was holding that said Fort Myers on it? 
It's also um, Orlando is what MCO. Yes, is the airport code and Fort Myers is RSW. It's like it's not even like they're a letter off. You know what I mean? That you would accidentally yeah. read the ticket wrong. But usually those are barcoded. You know, there's a somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't the kid have a tag? I mean, isn't there a bad kid has a boarding pass or kid has something on him like you and I would to show what where he's supposed to go? Yep. I, I just they are considering legal action. The family is. Luckily, the kid called. I think it's funny that the kid called grandma and that it wasn't Spirit Airlines that called grandma. Mm hmm. It, it was the six-year-old that said, hey, Grandma, can we go to Disney? Yeah. And at, <laughs> what, at what point did, did the flight attendant or you know, the, the person who was accompanying him, at what point did they realize that a mistake had been made? And was it um, because if it's 10 minutes into the flight, you're not turning the plane around, obviously. Like mm -hmm. you're not. It's 160 miles. There's nowhere to do an emergency landing. You're just keeping the flight going. But why did somebody not contact grandma while the plane was in the air? Yeah. So that she could get to, I mean, because then the kid had to wait at Orlando before grandma went to uh, to pick him up. Yeah, four so, hours worth. Yeah, we were we were close. They actually said it was about a four-hour drive from one to the other. I just, uh, poor kid. But, I mean, he seems fine. And they said, uh, Spirit also said they're going to pick up the return trip and a flight so that another family member can go down and accompany him, which, okay, that's that's nice. But, I mean, that means somebody in the family has got to take time out of their day to fly down to Fort Myers and meet him and then take him back. Somebody just asked, wouldn't this partially be the parents' fault for taking him to the wrong gate and allowing him on the wrong airplane? The parents probably didn't. Um, I yeah. Mean, if, it, it depends. And I don't know where spirit meets you, especially in Philadelphia. I don't know if, right. they, if they do that same thing where you walk down to the gate with a kid. But even so, they let him on the plane with a ticket that was not for that flight. Yeah, I've done that accidentally before. There was a time where I was flying from Kansas City to Midway, uh, Chicago Midway. Mm -hmm. There are many of those flights every day, and I misread the time on my ticket. Got on, attempted to get on a flight that left like three hours before my flight actually did. Totally my fault. I handed the boarding pass to the gate agent to board the flight, and it went off. I mean, they looked at it and said, this isn't your flight. Yeah, it gives you the eh, instead of yeah. just give, giving you the beep to get on the plane. It, yeah, right. it cacks at you. So at the very least... It is Spirit Airlines' responsibility to make sure that there's no one on that plane that shouldn't be there. I mean, what if it had been somebody that was dangerous? Sure. And so somebody said they have a lanyard and a form, and the ticket says where the child goes. That's, yeah, I thought the lanyard was a thing. That was always our experience as well. I, and again, our experience was never on Spirit. So the airlines are going to do that differently. It seems like if they don't do that... Mm -hmm. That's that's something they really need to implement because you're right. I mean, those lanyards, they, they have the, like the yellow and black striping behind the picture of the kid and all of that. I mean, they were stark. And underneath, it had the airport code where they were going. Yeah. So we'll see what Spirit Airlines ends up giving this family, um, especially over a holiday weekend when it's super busy. Yeah. And Southwest had some flights that were problematic again because of fog. Uh, here in Chicago, it was a problem. And in Denver, it was a problem, too. It just luckily the kid only ended up in Orlando and not in Seattle yes. or somewhere that would have been, you know, more complicated. Yeah, we, so. by the way, now that you mentioned that, we also had a really foggy day over the weekend. I, it was, I think it was maybe Saturday. It, it was, was either, it was the day I left. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was, uh, I saw the advisory come through on my phone and I thought, really? And went outside to look and they were not kidding. Yeah, it was a tough, that was a long drive of, of, not a whole lot of visibility mm -hmm. on Saturday. So, all right, uh, we'll take a break here. Coming up, this is the time when we have a bunch of stuff that we're going to return. 
Why do we return so much of what we buy in the U.S.? And should retailers be able to charge you for returning it? We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Phone number 913-586-7798. All right, Fox 4 did a story out of AP Business, <laughs> The Secret Life of Gift Cards. What happens to the billions that go unspent every year? We'll get into that. And then we also have a story out of Channel 5 about more and more retailers that are annoyed that you buy all of this stuff and then return it. And they want to start charging you for that. Which is kind of funny in light of the fact that there are so many businesses, especially online retailers, whose entire business model is based on returns, like Stitch Fix. You know, Go where, on. Where, where, yeah. you, where you buy things, you, you know, you buy 10 of something and they send it all to you with the knowledge that you're going to send nine of them back because they're not going to fit or the color is not going to be right or whatever. And, and that's their business model. So they seem totally OK with it, where some retailers are doing exactly the opposite and, and charging restocking fees and return fees and all kinds of things. There's a real row in the business world about this. And you'd figure they could get it settled. But it, it then kind of makes further sense when we get into the other story that's the amount of stuff that we return every year. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. If, if that's going to be the case, tell someone no returns. Yes. Put that on the item that you buy so that it will discourage people from returning the thing so that they don't have to pay the fee. Right. Yeah. And if you want to do it, I guess the reason the retailers don't is because they kind of like those restocking fees. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they like charging you extra money, uh, even though they have to refund, you know, whatever it is that you spent. And the, the problem with that in terms of online sales is that they can't then turn around and sell that thing as new anymore. So I wonder if because um, I'm trying to compare this to the days before we had online shopping. I assume part of the reason they do this is that it's just easier to mass buy, and I'll use clothes, that's a really good example, because I've done this. Um, I talked about, boy, people got mad at me when I talked about needing to buy um, a mask for scuba diving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I bought 10 of them online. <laughs> I remember that there. You can buy those here in town, oh, Jamie. <laughs> somebody got so mad at me for that. But it's it's really important when you scuba dive that a mask fits your face. It's the only piece of scuba diving equipment I own, because it's really important that it fits. Yeah. I bought 10 of them because I needed to find one that fit. I kept two, I returned the other eight. It's just easy to do that online because Amazon compiles from so many different sellers instead of me having to go to 10 different stores. Is that why now with online shopping, we're just buying more that we might not necessarily need? I think so. And and maybe what they're hoping is that, you know, if they, if they have to refund your money, they're going to charge you the restocking fee, which will then cover them for whoever buys that stuff as used from them eventually, if they choose to dump it that way. But yeah, the other thing is that, you know, most of us, or many of us, I shouldn't say most because I don't know, but many of us will will do that kind of thing thinking, yeah, I'll send the rest of them back. And then we just never do. We just never get around to it. So do you do it? 913-586-7798. Um, are you the person that just doesn't return the stuff? I get um, annoyed at this in particular when we start talking about Amazon because Amazon is on this list of mm -hmm. retailers that will charge you a dollar to return it to UPS. There's a list of places if you return to Amazon that you can return. Kohl's is one of them now. Yeah. I always just return to the Whole Foods. It's the only reason I ever go into the Whole Foods near me is to go and return stuff. And there are little kiosks there so I can do it without having to be judged by an employee of Whole Foods. Um, 
so do you have a lot of stuff to return? How do you feel about paying fees for it? Yeah. And, and by the way, there is a way to, uh, you know, that you can benefit from this because somebody pointed out you're paying return fees anyway. Right. You know, they just add it in as a hidden cost. And it actually makes more sense to charge a restocking fee because then the people that don't return stuff don't have to pay for it. You pay less overall, you know, at a retailer. Uh, or so goes the theory anyway. But with a lot of that stuff, I can't tell you how many businesses there are here in town that don't have a storefront, or if they do, it doesn't even have a sign on it or anything like that, and they're full of return merchandise. We bought a $130, uh, our garbage disposal is is on its way out. And we bought a $130 guitar. Uh, guitar. <laughs> you can tell where my mind <laughs> we is. We know where your head is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we bought a $130 garbage disposal for 40 bucks, Brand new. I mean, it's in the box. Still has a little hardware thing in the, in the plastic bag. It is brand new. And it was $90 less because somebody had returned it. Yeah, you had mentioned, um, had alluded to the figures that are in here. Uh, the National Retail Federation shows uh, last year customers sent back 17% of the merchandise they bought last year. Wow. And that's not that's not Christmas gifts. That's another conversation that we can certainly have. But yeah. that's just stuff that you bought. John, do you know, for you, any clue, like what percentage of stuff you bought last I year that you returned? I almost never return anything. Jen does the Stitch Fix thing. So if that counts, then, yeah, she's probably close to, I don't know, probably close to a third of what she buys, um, at least in terms of clothing, goes back. But like I said, they're designed to do that. That's that's their business model. So in terms of just buying something and then taking it back to the store, I almost never do. I return so many things. I return so many things. I'll use the New Zealand trip as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I just don't feel like trying clothes on, quite frankly. Um, I had to go buy a bunch of stuff to um, be on the ice and, and glacier hike because they were like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be 20 below zero. Bring 15 layers of everything. I'm like, yeah. well, I don't have 15 layers of everything. <laughs> so I had to go to JCPenney and buy snow pants and fleece leggings and all of this stuff. And I didn't want to try it all out in the store. And so I brought it home. And wow, was that a disaster in my living room the night that I tried everything on. And I only needed one of the 10 things that I bought. Usually that's why I'm returning things is I'm not sure. I need to try stuff on. I'm going to take it home and keep one of the things. Do you just not like trying stuff on in the store? I hate it. I don't like trying stuff on in general. I don't like buying clothes in general. Well, uh, But I really hate trying it on in the store. I can't get down on anybody for that. With all the stories we've had about weirdos and hidden cameras and all that stuff, I, I can't. I can't criticize anybody who says, you know what? I am never taking my clothes off inside a store ever. Um, I, you know, I just don't care. <laughs> so it, you know, it doesn't bother me. Uh, but yeah, I, I can fully understand why you would. I just, I, I hate the idea of going out, getting, I hate shopping anyway. I'm so with you. I don't particularly enjoy it either. Going out and getting something and then going home and finding out, no, now I have to go back to the store again. <laughs> oh, oh, just shoot me. Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I always try this stuff on in the store before I take it home. Yeah. We're talking about like the lesser of the evils here and, <laughs> yeah. and which you'd rather, like, what would you rather do? Um, and again, I think because Whole Foods is so close to me, that's why I end up just ordering a bunch of stuff on Amazon. It's just too easy to order it. I can do it very quickly on yeah. the app on my phone. I can do it on the kiosk. There's no person there to say, why are you returning three of the same color shirt in different sizes? Because women's clothes sizes run weird. 
and, and that's why. Men's you know? do too. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> men's, men's clothing sizes, especially with bigger stuff, which is becoming less of an issue for me. Uh, yeah, they, they're just as screwy. I have T-shirts that are 2XL that are smaller than some of the large T-shirts that I have. Um, yeah, 913-586-7798. Um, let's talk about the gift card for a second yeah. because there's also a lot that's being written about, and I laugh because this is me. I have a pouch, like a zip pouch in my car that has, I don't know, 25 gift cards in it that are like $10 used off this one and $15 used off that one. And I'm going to have that zipper pocket for the rest of my life, probably. <laughs> and those same cards are still going to be in there. Yeah. 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 Why do we do that? I don't know. And, and, and the bad, the worst part about that is that some of them, and you never know until you get there, evaporate over time. The money just starts to disappear. So didn't the law say you're not allowed to do that anymore? I thought they were trying to, but I don't know if that ever passed. Um, I thought the law changes said you can't charge someone a fee anymore for not using it. Yeah, which that would be. Yeah, if if the money, you know, if, if you buy a $50 gift card and you give it to somebody and they keep it for a year and a half and find out that all of a sudden it's worth $10 instead of 50, that mm -hmm. shouldn't be legal because they already made their money. What the businesses say is, okay, but... If you give somebody a $50 gift card and it sits there for two years, well, that item that they're going to buy, it, 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 you know, it costs more than that now. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. If somebody knows for sure whether they pass that law, then by all means. But still. I was a little correct. It's in the story. A federal law that went into effect in 2010 said a gift card can't expire for five years from the time it was purchased or from the last okay. time someone added money to it. Some state laws require a longer period. I thought there was another law that said you can't you can't charge someone for using it. Because if you went in person and just spent spent the money with not on a gift card, oh, I think you wouldn't be charging someone to Right. Yeah, I think what they're saying is you can't charge somebody 60 bucks for a $50 gift card. You know, I think you, we're it, maybe talking about two different things. I think in my head I'm thinking about like the dollar 25 a month they charge you for not using yeah. it after a certain mm -hmm. amount of time. Right. So um, do you sell them? Because there are sites where you can pool them. Card cash is one, and there are other sites where you can sell them. Why don't we spend them? Why don't we remember and go spend them? Yeah, they, see, the remembering thing, that's the worst part about it for me personally, because I'll walk in. I have, I don't know, half a dozen Hy-Vee gift cards and Price Chopper gift cards, and I'll walk into Price Chopper, totally forget that I have them, <laughs> you know, and yeah. just I'll pay for the stuff and walk out and then go, yep. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I do the same thing. I think that's part of it. Part of it, too, is I think you're going to save it for when you need it. You're going to save the $50 yeah. price chopper card for when you tight on money that month or whatever or end of the year or Christmas time. And, right. you know, you, you get into now and you're going to be buying, you know, a fancy ham and all of this stuff for Christmas dinner. Yeah. And you figure I'll save it for then. And then you just don't remember that it's even there. Yeah. What do you do? Um, why do you what do you do with them when you get them? It's, it's funny because we talk about how many people say they don't like giving them or like it's an impersonal gift. Yeah. If we're not using them anyway, what's the better alternative? <laughs> Why do we have them? Yeah. Well, so I think like Amazon gift cards are easier because it's not a gift card that you have to hold on to. I mean, you can, but like I was emailed a couple of Amazon gift cards. You just click on the link, you go to your Amazon account, it adds to your Amazon account. Is it the physical gift card that we hate? Yes. Oh, I, I think much more so. Yeah, because credits like that, they automatically apply themselves usually. You know, if I've got a, uh, if, I've, if, if for example, if I've got a PayPal credit 
of 70 bucks, which I think I do right now, as a matter of fact, the next time I use PayPal, it'll ask me, hey, do you want to use your credit? And I'll say, yes, I do. It's, it's that reminder of, yes, you have this money sitting there. You might as well use it. 913-586-7798 if you uh, want in here. We'll take a break. We'll wrap the hour next on KMBZ. A couple of high school stories to get to here. First one's local. Um, <laughs> yes, as you said, the Constitution exists. That's yep. why this happened. Yeah, exactly. And we talked about this right before we all left for the for the uh, Christmas holiday, that there was an attempt being made by one of the senior students uh, at an Olathe High School to start up a Satan club. And again, this is re, uh, related to the, the satanic temple, which is nothing like what the image is in your mind right now, most likely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, uh, a humanist organization. And they had filed this paperwork to start up this club, um, and it's now been approved. The Olathe Public Schools spokesperson said the club application met the criteria to establish a student-initiated club and is now recognized as a student-initiated club at Olathe Northwest High School. And, of course, as soon as that announcement was made, heads started exploding all over the area. It doesn't mean it's going to be active. It doesn't mean it's going to have any members. Quite frankly, it needed 10 students to be interested in order to get off the ground. And it got that. It needed 60-something hundred signatures um, in order to go forward. It got over 7,000, so there was enough support there. My guess is it's never going to meet. This was just out of principle. Yeah, the idea of having one—it's possible, and it's also possible they'll have you know four or five kids there that that show up for a while. Uh, but even if it does, I mean, let's say that the thing just takes off. Okay, that means they want it there. And if it doesn't, I mean, if it dies on the vine, then I mean that—that's okay too. It certainly wouldn't be the first after-school club to mm-hmm. meet at a school that just evaporated. Uh, I mean, our chess club kind of went away after a while. Yes, right. I was I was that cool in high school, by the way. I was in the chess club, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's uh, it was designed to be a way to, uh, to needle people who are easily perturbed. It worked. Yes, it did. It worked very well. Um, in fact, I even think I saw the story out of the Daily Mail over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, it, that it, it made national and international news. Yeah. Boy, I'm learning a lot. I'm on the sat- uh, satanictemple.com. I, this is probably not a place I need to spend much more time. <laughs> um, because it does a really good job of um, uh, c- confronting what you think about it. Yes. Like if you look at this and you did, if you had no preconceived notion about this, you would have no idea that this is the same club that we always just associate with the Red Horns. Right, right. And and people, you know, biting the heads off bats and sacrificing animals and all of that stuff. And none of that happens. I mean, it's really, it's more of a, a sort of a discussion group than anything else of people just talking about, you know, constitutional principles and, and freedom of religion and freedom from religion. And, you know, all of that stuff comes up, but it's not. I mean, in practice, it's not spell casting and, and conjuring demons because as a going concern, they do not believe in their namesake. Right. Um, yeah, I will be curious. I hope somebody checks in on this like toward the end of the year and see how often it met. <laughs> what would be great is if that club ended up doing some massive toy drive or something. Like do, sure. some, do some really fantastic volunteer work. I mean, just to further 
rub people's noses in it that exactly. didn't like it do some really great like pick an organization build houses for habitat for humanity do something like that so you can say see you know. it, yes, look at the good works that we've done in the community. And and that sort of thing, by the way, in other places where this exists is exactly what they do. Because right. as a humanist organization, th by nature, they want to help other people. Um, there, there is, yeah, there's a text we just got that said, and this ends with a question mark. I don't know if you meant to do that or not, but because you're absolutely right. It said, if you're going to allow religious clubs, you can't discriminate what religion it is. You either allow all or none. That's 100% accurate, and it, it, what Olathe's school district would, would have been faced with is, if we say no by the Constitution, we have to now cancel the, whatever Christian clubs exist or whatever uh, you know, Muslim or Jewish clubs may exist. They would have to go, too. Mm -hmm. Somebody just said heads exploded on the next door app. Did yes. you join? You were going to add Olathe to your uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Your next door app. Yeah. Jen, Jen was Jen was reading some of them to me as well, and it was you know people saying, well, what about freedom of speech? And I thought, well, you have that, and you're exercising it now. Uh, you you can argue against it. I mean, you can express your dissatisfaction with it. The First Amendment allows you to do that. What it doesn't allow you to do is is force it into non-existence yes yeah um so we'll see what ends up happening with the club uh we go to texas now to talk about a high school soccer coach oh. <laughs> um <laughs> got a hold of the uh, school district credit card uh -huh. spent over five thousand dollars on it while working for the district and you know it wasn't soccer balls no, 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 he wasn't buying sports equipment at all. Uh, he went to a place called the Men's Club of Houston, which is exactly what you think it is. He blew five grand at the strip club. Yeah. <laughs> he has. He has since, I was waiting for a judgment call on that. I just, I, well, it's theft. Uh, he was uh -huh. he was arrested and <clears throat> was released after posting a $10,000 bond. You can't do that. You You can't take somebody's money and blow it on something that you're not supposed to be able to use it for. So uh, he has since tendered his resignation, which the school district has accepted. They said that we believe that it was in the best interest of everyone <laughs> to go ahead and terminate our relationship with this guy after he stole five grand. And, and the thing is, look, it made news because he spent the money at a strip club. If he yeah. had gone out and bought $5,000 worth of suits for himself, it would have been just yeah. as illegal and he still probably would have been fired. What I am amused at a little bit, I'm on a different version of this story. There is nowhere that says exactly where the money went. <laughs> so it must have, I'm assuming, um, because it said he used the, the card at that place in July. I don't know if it was one time and uh, it was one big charge that got the district's attention or yeah somebody's or, looking at those credit card statements or you know? if he went over a period of weeks or months and spent five hundred dollars at a shot you know did it mm -hmm. and spent 500 bucks and then realized hey nobody caught me and went and did <laughs> uh -huh. it again yeah don't you want to be that controller or whoever it is <laughs> whose job it is to reconcile credit card statements with receipts and you go to him and say so what was the what was the the reason, coach? Uh huh. For the charge. Well, yeah, and this guy apparently had other issues as well. There were hazing allegations about things that yeah. had been going on in the locker room with the team, but this was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And by the way, 
I mean, not that this is a central issue to the story, but is the Men's Club of Houston the most boring name of any strip club in America? Honestly, what I like <laughs> about it is that if you, <laughs> I wonder if he chose it on purpose. I don't know how many of these there are in Houston. Uh, could but be. I assume there's more than one. You choose this one and it doesn't get your attention as much on a credit card statement. As the dollhouse might right. or the pink pony. Or it the, could be a clothing store. Yeah, right. You know, exactly. I mean, it could be a, a men's like suit a, store. Like a, an exercise, like a gym or something like that. Oh yeah. yeah, we went over to the men's club and worked out. Yeah, I'll bet you did. Um, I'm looking it up now to see. I don't know why I'm doing this, but it's not very well rated. <laughs> no. The reviews oh, are not no. great. How could the reviews be bad for a strip? Well, I, I guess the answer is obvious. Always look at the bad reviews, right? Uh-huh. That's what I'm doing. I'm looking at the bad reviews. So it's, it's either, a oh, three go. out of five, total three out of five <laughs> okay. out of 167 reviews. So the complaints are either going to be it's too expensive or the women don't look good enough. That's really the Let's only see. thing you could complain about. Don't trust that you'll be treated with the utmost respect if you're not a preferred customer Ooh. or a friend of the owner. Remember the dress code um, because this club does not discriminate against who gets to go in and who doesn't based solely on what. There's a lot in here about the VIP thing. There's a dress um, code? There's a dress code. Um, racist people is complained about. Um, Wait a minute. Racist people in Texas? I'm, I'm just reading the complaints. This is hilarious. Sorry. I'm just um, fake names in some of these. The whole time I was there, they tried to overcharge. Yeah. Take that for what you would like. Too expensive. Um, I knew anyway. that was going to come up. Yeah, it, it cost too much. So, uh, all right. Thanks to everybody for getting in this hour. Uh, we'll take a break here. Coming up in the next hour, what do you keep in your glove box? <laughs> There's a, a list of what you should be keeping and what you shouldn't. We'll get to that in the next hour on KMBZ.